0: Writings and great joy will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you here this morning, and Father, we thank you, God, just for all that you are and all that you've done up to this point. Father, we know that you got greater things in store for all of our lives, and Father, we know that Christmas was about change. And Father, I pray that we would experience as individuals and the world all together would constantly experience this Christmas change, God. Father, I pray that we would realize that that suddenly that took place many, many, many years ago, Father, is still taking place in all of our lives, in the lives of others, God. And Father, I pray for a special anointing to be upon your word. Father, I need you, and I, and I know that, and I recognize that here today, because without you, I could do nothing, God. I need your anointing and your power, your Holy Spirit, to speak to and through me, God, to your people. And, Father, I pray at the end of the day, God, that you would be glorified. And, Father, that you would have your way in all of our lives as we experience this Christmas change. And I'm careful to give you all the honor and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. The title of my message here today is Christmas Change. Christmas Change. We started a theme about Christmas the first Sunday of this month. If I were to ask many of you, I wonder if you guys would even remember the titles. I wonder who could remember the last two Sunday morning titles. Anybody here this morning? See, that's why I don't believe too often when somebody comes up to me afterwards and they say, Pastor, that was a powerful message. Pastor, that message was just for me. Because if it really was powerful, if it really was just for you, then we should remember at least the title of the message. The first Sunday of the month, we talked about the reason for the season. And we all know that Jesus Christ is the reason for this season. Who can say praise the Lord? Lord. And then last Sunday, we should all remember, it's just been seven days ago. We are sober-minded now, right? We are drug-free, alcohol-free. We are in our right minds. How many can say amen? amen? Then we should remember seven days ago, the title of the message was Keeping Christ in Christmas. Keeping Christ in Christmas because society today, the public schools today, uh, the government today, uh, every, you know, venue today is trying to X out Christmas or Christ out of Christmas. And this morning we're going to talk about Christmas change. There should be a change that takes place in all of our lives once Jesus walks upon the scene. There should be change We should have that suddenly experience when Jesus appeared in our lives. Spiritually speaking, he should have transformed us from the inside out. Our mentalities need to be changed. Our attitudes need to be changed. Our eternal destiny needs to be changed. The people that we once were, we need to be changed. Come on, loosen up just a little bit. Just relax just a little bit so God can speak to you. Open up just a little bit. Christmas change. How does Christmas change your world? Think about it just for a minute. How does Christmas change your world? How will your world be different on December the 26th than it will be next Sunday on the 25th? Will you be happier? Will you have more peace in your life? Will you be a better person? Person, Or will you simply have more things and owe more money and have to work more hours to help eliminate all that additional strain and debt that we put on ourselves to what we believe as society has taught us and indoctrinated us on how to celebrate Christmas? The purpose of Christmas, the birth of Christ, was to bring change to our world. I don't mean just the world in general, but I mean he came to bring a change to each and every one of our our personal worlds where we carry out life on a day to day basis at our jobs, our relationships, our families, our spirituality, all should be radically transformed by Christmas. And what is Christmas? It's about Jesus Christ being born. It's about Jesus Christ changing us from the inside out. It's about Christ, not only the month of December, but every month, every day, every week, every single minute of our lives. It's about Jesus. How many can say amen? amen. See the, the purpose of Christmas the birth of Christ, like I said, is to change, and it was to change our world. See, not transformed by our celebration of Christmas, but transformed by Christmas itself. But how does how does Christmas change my world? See, when the angels announced the birth of Christ, they said in our text, we'll just pick it up from verse number 10 through 14 of Luke chapter 2. And it reads, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... A great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. See, the angel tells us that the arrival of Christ in our world, Christmas, is to be joyful. Come on, it's a time of celebration. Come on, it's a time to be joyful. It's a time to have great a great time. It's a time to be able to say, you know what? I'm joyful not because I got this gift. Not because I got this beautiful tree. Not because I have money to buy everybody a gift. I'm grateful and joyful because I received the best Christmas gift I could ever receive. And that was the birth of my Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to be joyful. Come on, do we forget what God has done in our lives? Do we forget that one time you may not have all the money to buy all the gifts that you want? Oh, but at one time you didn't even have your freedom for many of us. At one time, we were hung or strung out on this thing or that vice. We were, you know, on the verge of suicide or divorce or losing our kids. Oh, but glory be to God in the highest that he walked upon the scene of our lives when he was born in that manger. Now we are able to celebrate Christmas. It's not about all the lights, the trees. Those are all beautiful and we have them. But it's not really about that. It's about the lights of the world. It's about a savior that was born unto us. It was about, oh, the star of David. It was about, oh, and it's still about Jesus Christ. He is the best gift and the only gift that we really, really needed. Christmas change. See, yet most today, for whatever reason, can't say Christmas, like in our, te- our text, that Christmas really quenches their fears, our fears, that it really brings us true joy, or that it truly brings us peace. But let's see, according to the Bible, according to our text, let's see how Christmas should change our world. Does anybody need some change this morning? You're not satisfied with where you're at? Come on, you, you just need some change. You need a tune up. Anybody need a tune up this morning? You feel like if God don't tune me up today, I don't know if I'm going to make it home. I'm about to break down. Anybody like that this morning? But let's see how Christmas should change our world. Number one is allowing us to experience genuine love. Everybody say genuine. Genuine love. See, genuine, you get the, the sentiments of, of real. This is real love. It's not that puppy love when we grew up in junior high school, amen. It's not that puppy love that some of you are experience here this morning. It's not that puppy love where you write that little note and say circle yes if you like me. Right? And then if you're crazy, you're you're about 11 years old, circle yes if you love me. She so don't even know your name, amen somebody. But circle yes if you love me. That's puppy love. But I'm talking about real love. I'm talking about agape love. I'm talking about unconditional love. Because of the birth of Christ, we can experience genuine love. Genuine. You get authentic. You get real. You get true. You get legitimate. It's not a knockoff. It's not something that we conjure up. It's not something that we could, you know, put together on our own. It's a genuine love. It's real, authentic, true, and it's legitimate. In the book of 1 John chapter 4, turn there quickly, verse number 7 and 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7 and 8. It reads, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. See, God is love. We've all heard that said many, many times. And at Christmas, we celebrate God becoming flesh, becoming a man so that he could free all men from the power and penalty of sin. See, in the book of John, if you turn there as well, John now, not First John, chapter 1. And we're going to read verse number 1 as well as verse number 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, God became a man because he loves us. He became a man so that he could show us the way. Because how many guys know it doesn't matter what lifestyle we came from. It doesn't matter what our ethnicity is. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks we were raised on. Because we did not know the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And nobody can get to the Father except through him. See, you couldn't educate yourself to get to the Father. You couldn't come up with this master plan to get to the Father. You couldn't be good enough to get to the Father. You couldn't buy your way to the Father. It was only through Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you that we need Jesus every day of our lives. Because without him, we can't get to the Father. Because we don't know the way. We've always found ourselves lost and bound. Or was it just me? You may have not been lost and bound in the things that I was lost and bound with, but you were still lost and bound. You were still lost wandering in your own wilderness. My wilderness may have been prison, drugs, alcohol, and that lifestyle of violence, but your prison or your wilderness may have been, you know, being suicidal or being, you know, a lonely housewife or being, you know, hypocritical or being thinking that you don't need God, whatever it was, but we were all lost and bound wandering in the wilderness. Oh, but Jesus was born that He would show us the way and we don't have to be lost no more because now we follow the son and we get to the father how many can say praise the lord Lord. we have to know that that because of the birth of our savior and because of the birth of christ it allows us to experience that genuine love we're able because he came to show us the way jesus became like us so that we can understand god's plan Jesus became one of us so that we can be set free. Jesus became one of us so that we or he could save us. See, in Christmas, God becoming man, we get to experience this genuine love. It's the genuine love. You think you love your spouse. It's nothing compared to the love that God has for us. You think you love your children and your grandchildren? That's nothing compared to the love that God has for us. You think you're in love with yourself, your job, your possessions, your house, whatever it may be, your car. It's nothing compared to the love that God still has for you and I. It's about God loving us. That's what Christmas is really about. And we all know John 3, 16, but I'm going to read verse number 17 as well. For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then it goes on, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save us. We were the world. We are what he sent his son to die for. Not this earthly, whatever you want to call it. Not all the world and everything that's in it. But we're talking about the human mankind. We're talking about we were a people that were lost and bound. He's talking about the human race that did not know him. But through him, he didn't come to condemn us. How many can thank God for that? Thank God that he's not condemning us. The person next to you may at times when they get mad at you, condemn you. You may even condemn yourself at times. But there's one that did not come to condemn us. And that's Jesus. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to transform us. And he came to love us with that genuine love. Who can say praise the Lord? See, God loved us so much. That he gave his son, not to condemn us, like I said, but to save us. That's an amazing love. But knowing about God's love isn't enough to change my world. I have to experience, you have to experience that love. The love of God in Christmas. Christmas changes my world by allowing me to experience genuine love. It also, number two, changes my world by providing us with lasting peace. Anybody need some peace this morning? You can't buy peace. Uh, You can get, you could take something, you could pop a couple pills and it may give you peace for a night. You could smoke something that may give you peace for a little while. You could get drunk out of your mind where you think you're at peace but you're just knocked out, amen? You, You could do a little bit of things to get temporary what we think could be peace but not lasting peace. See, lasting, you get the word "permanent. See, if you know the fruits of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5:22, it talks about the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace. You get peace, patience, long-suffering. These are, are gifts that we get, spiritual gifts or fruits that we get when you ask the Lord to come into your life. When you ask the Lord to save you, when you accept Him as your Savior and your Lord, you get these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit. They're inside of you. And I say it often. It's just like a muscle. You have a certain amount of muscles in your body. But how big and strong those muscles get is up to you and I. And the same is said of the fruits of the Spirit. You got those fruits, but how strong and evident they are is up to you and I. Are you exercising the fruit? Are you exercising the fruit? Are you exercising a little bit of love? Or you're wondering, man, why don't I feel love? Because you ain't exercising no love. You may wonder, why don't I have peace that surpasses all understanding? Because you're not exercising no peace. You're worried. You're stressing out. You're wondering if you're going to have enough to buy everybody a gift. And the sad thing about it is you don't even like all those people. It's more of a pride thing. Well, how dare me if I go over there? I'm going to get in debt to buy everybody a gift that I don't even like. All right? Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. I huh, like man, I got to look good. You don't see him only around Christmas, and that's only because your spouse makes you go. You don't even want to go and you want to get yourself in debt. You're going to rob God of his tithe to go buy a gift for somebody you don't even like. Ooh, got quiet up in here, huh? I think I hit a pinch nerve right there. Peace. We need some peace up in here. How many can say amen? Amen. Peace is something that everybody needs and most don't have. Many spend a lot of time and energy pursuing peace, but very little time experiencing it. See, decisions we've made and the actions we've taken in the past often haunt us. Our desire to have a better, more fulfilling life keeps us awake at nights. It robs us of our peace. Questions about what could have been or what should have been often plague our minds. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be complete, but we lack the completeness, and as a result, we lack peace. Rather than days filled with peace, we find our days filled with stress and worry. Often that sensation is heightened at Christmas because we hear all about peace on earth, but we can't and we can't find peace in our very own homes and our very own lives. One of the great things about Christmas is that if we have faith in what God gave us, his son, then we can experience peace. And how many guys could say amen that we can experience peace with God? Amen. See, that's the most... Man, I'm telling you, if you could just be at peace with God, stop trying to worry about everything else and worry about just saying, you know what, I need to make sure that I'm at peace with God. Amen. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, therefore, since... We have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. He died for us. Come on, He died for us. He was born to die. He died for you and I. He took our sins upon His very own back. He was hung in our place. He died for you and I. And because of that, I'm here to tell you, we could have peace with God. See, Jesus, born in a barn and laid to rest in a manger, came so that we could have peace with God. Sin separates us from God. Sin puts us at odds with God, but Jesus came in order to pay for our sins. He came in order to bring us forgiveness. His death upon the cross paid the penalty for our sins. Because we all were just some dirty, filthy sinners. And you may not like to be called that. But I'm here to tell you that if we sinned in one aspect, we were guilty in all. And because we were born in sin. We needed Jesus to be born to die for you and I. Because we were all dirty, filthy sinners. But glory to God, when God looks over the balconies of heaven, he sees us covered in the blood. We're blood washed. We've been delivered. We've been set free because of what Jesus done for you and I. Sin separated us from God. If we'll accept this sacrifice and the forgiveness it provides, we're made right with God. When the relationship between us and God is fixed, we then experience peace with God. But at times, for whatever reason, we lack peace because we've known we've blown it. We messed up. Anybody mess up in here? Anybody ever blown it in here? Any of you guys get here this morning like, man, I can't believe i done that. I I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that that happened. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, man, how did I do that? Anybody come in here kicking yourself? And sometimes your spouse kicking you as well. And it gets even worse if the kids know it and they're kicking you on your way in as well. Right? Just everybody's kicking you. But thanks be to God, Jesus didn't come to kick us, but he came to die for us. He came to deliver us. He came to set us free. He came to love us. He came to redeem us. He came to transform us. Oh, don't stop now. Jesus came. Oh, that you and I would be able to get to the Father and live for all eternity. But we blow it. We make mistakes. And when we blow it, it it, it's, it zaps all the peace right out of us. It, it just sucks all the peace right out of us. Because when you mess up, you know you're not at peace. You're in turmoil on the inside. You're like, man, I can't believe this. Man, man, is he going to find out? Is she going to find out? Is my parents going to find out? Because God already knows. And we're like, man, if you've been serving God for a little while, you're like, man, I know what's done in darkness is going to be brought into the light. Like, man, man, man. But thanks be to God. I'm telling you that God came not to condemn us, but to love us and give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace. We need to be at peace with God. How many can say amen? Amen. Another thing, we'll experience peace with others. Some of you are right here. You need peace with others. Whether it's some of your kids, whether it's your parents, whether it's a brother or sister, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a brother or sister in the church, amen, somebody. Some of us, we need to experience peace with others. Let's face it. Listen to me now. We often don't live at peace with others. We find that other people have a way of disturbing our peace. And we never stop to consider that we tend to disturb the peace of others. We think it's always just others. Everybody else is just, you know, they they disturb me. They're, They're a sandpaper believer and they just rub me the wrong way. But do you know that you rub other people the wrong way? Do you think that you walk on water? You think you got it all together? You think you're just this perfect individual? You better ask your spouse. They'll tell you the truth that they really love you. You are able to get under somebody's nerve. You're able to rub somebody the wrong way. Huh? Sometimes you, you, you know, sometimes you, you, you make people feel like when you rub the cat the back way, the wrong way. You know, if you rub a cat the wrong way, right? Sometimes we rub people the wrong way. It's not just what other people do. Yes, some other people may be able to disturb us and rub us the wrong way and the back way and all that. But we do it as well. Living at peace with others is hard work. Who could say praise the Lord? But Christ calls us to. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse number 18, it says, if it is possible, I already say possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. And then Romans 14, verse number 19 says, Let us therefore make every effort, every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. If it's not edifying, don't do it. If it's not going to build up, don't do it. If it's going to tear down, don't do it. Think before we do it. How many can say, Praise the Lord. So how does Christmas help me experience peace with others? It relates to having a true relationship or true understanding, I should say, of Christmas. When I understand what Christmas is all about, God providing a way for me to be at peace with him, I can choose to experience peace in all my relationships. If God, listen to me now, if God can forgive me and restore me, to a right relationship with him after all I've done to violate his trust and his love. If God can choose to be at peace with me, then I can choose to be at peace with others. I can learn to forgive them. I can learn to tolerate, amen somebody, what it is about them that rubs me the wrong way. And when I choose to live at peace with others, I will be less inclined to disturb their peace as well. Think about it. Jesus was willing to forgive us. God is able to forgive us after everything that we do to him. Think about that just for a moment. Because the Bible says that if we don't forgive others, Christ won't forgive us. And how dare us claim to be men and women of God if we're not able to forgive a person next to us? The person in front of us, the person behind us, those that live in our four walls of our home. How dare us claim to be believers, but yet we can't forgive our spouse at times. Oh, it's getting a little quiet again. And then lastly, on point number two, is I will experience peace with myself. Some of you need peace with God today. Some of you need peace with others today. But a lot of us need peace with ourselves. We need peace with ourselves. Do You know, the enemy always reminds us of our past. He'll tell us, man, you know what, man, you just did this a week ago. You, you, You just did this last night. You just walked in here gossiping, and you walked in here with a critical spirit. You walked in here saying, "Oh, if I was a leader around here." And we 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 come in like that. The enemy's able to remind us, but we got to bring it to the feet of Christ. We got to say, "Yes, I may have been in uh, coming in here with a critical spirit, a negative eye." I may have came in here, you know, with a little gossip on my tongue. Oh, but glory be to God. I will come to the altar this morning and I'll cast it upon the Lord for he cares for me and he died for me and I'll give it to him. We need peace with ourselves at times. One of the great aspects of peace I get to experience because of Christmas is peace with myself. In my more honest moments, I don't like myself much. Who could say amen? Amen. I am too aware of my failings and my sin. But because of Christmas, I can have peace with myself. Not because of what I've done, that it doesn't matter. But because I am a new person in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus died for me. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, when we become Christians... We become new persons. We're not the same anymore. For the old life is gone. And I hope and I pray that a new life is gonna begin. We're no longer the same. I can be at peace with myself, not because I'm such a great person, but because in Christ I am a new creation. I'm not the same old, mean, evil, hurtful, self-centered person that I once was. In Christ, I'm forgiven and I'm a new creation. Who can say praise the Lord? Come on, say praise the Lord. New creation. That doesn't mean I don't have to uh, those moments when I fail. But it does mean that in Christ, those moments become the exception and not the rule. I am growing and becoming more than I am today. I can be at peace with me because Christ is now working in me and renewing me every day. I tell my mom, because my mom is old school. Anybody old school here? Tell the truth. You're young, but you think you're old school, right? My mom is old school. And at one time. She's new and improved now. She's a new creation. Amen, somebody. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. But she's old school. And I said, Mother, you are the new and improved. All right, you're no longer the mean Grand Nizzle no more. You're the new and improved. You got to be able to love because God has given you another chance at life, another chance to love your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, to love yourself and love others. And because of that, you're the new and improved mother, the miracle mom. Amen? And I tell her, I tell her, you're new and improved. You may not feel like it just yet, but you're new and improved. God is working on the inside and it's going to begin to show on the outside. God is putting everything back together. What the enemy tried to destroy, God is reforming and putting back together and God is being glorified because he's a miracle working God. So we can experience that peace. Anybody need that peace here today? Just peace. You know, we need peace with God. We need peace with others and we need peace with ourselves because sometimes I don't know about you. I'm my worst critic. You think you're my worst critic. You're not. You're all right. You you could be bad at times. You could be a little negative at times. It's all right. But I'm my worst critic. But I thank God. I thank God that no matter what, I thank God that no matter what, I have peace with myself. Because I know I'm not done yet. I know we're barely getting started. I know the ladder will be greater. I know God is getting ready to do something awesome in our church, in our lives, in our families. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord some praise. Christmas changes my world by allowing me to experience true love. And by providing me with a lasting peace. And lastly, Christmas also changes my world by by giving our lives purpose. Purpose. See, too many people aren't living their lives. Too many people just exist. You know, during the holiday season or Christmas season and Jesus being the reason for the season and during this time of year, We know that the new year is awaiting us, right? We know that that new year is just around the corner. We know that, you know, a brand new year we're about to enter into. But a lot of people finish off the year just as, okay, just another year. We have to be a people to say, you know what, I'm going to finish off 2011 with a bang. But I'm going to enter 2012. This is going to be my year. I'm looking for great things to be done in my life, the life of my family, the life of my ministry. I believe this is my year. We got to go into it with purpose. If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it every time. What is your purpose for 2012? What are the goals that you have set for your family and for your life? and for the ministry in 2012. Because if we have no purpose, if we have no goals, if we aim at nothing, we're going to be here at the end of 2012 just here doing the same very thing. But I don't know about you. I believe God wants us to go ready with an anticipation, with an excitement, with some fire, some passion in us. Saying we're going to do all that God would have us to do. Who can say praise the Lord? Lord. But we got to have purpose. We can't just exist. See, too many people are moving day to day without any sense of purpose in their lives. This lack of purpose leads to depression. And a self-destructive behavior. This lack of purpose leads to a sense of hopelessness that is heightened during the holiday season for many people. However, Christmas is about hope and purpose. And rather than feeling defeated and lost during the holidays, I can have a sense of true hope. Because Christmas gives purpose to my life. Christmas brings hope because it drives home the fact that I was made for a purpose. I was made to have fellowship with God. I was created to have a relationship with God. And that relationship is so important that God sent his son to die for us. And because of that, we have to know that Jesus didn't die for nothing. He wasn't born for nothing. Just like you and I, my friend, we weren't born for nothing. There's purpose in our lives. I don't care what anybody told you growing up. I don't care what the devil tells you. I don't care what you tell yourself. There is purpose in your life, and you must know that here today. Purpose. Get tired of just existing. We're no longer what we used to be. We're no longer running and gunning and just living our lives reckless without any reckless abandon. We're not living like that no more. We have to know when we become children of God that every step that we take is directed of the Lord. And God is leading us. He's guiding us. He has a purpose for our lives. He didn't send his son to die for nothing. But there's purpose behind it. What that purpose is is up to you and I. We have to find out what it is. We really have to find out what it is. See, my life has purpose, and my purpose is to love God and love others. I like what William Booth once said, the founder of Salvation Army. He said, we are to serve with a heart to God and a hand to man. A heart to God. Everything that we do is to God. Everything that we do, we do it with all our heart, all our might, all our strength. With everything inside of us, we do it unto the Lord. But we also have a hand to others. We're here to help others up. Amen. Like that old school saying is, we're just a bunch of beggars in need of some bread. Amen. And Jesus is that bread. He's the bread of life. And we're just one beggar telling another beggar, hey, there's some bread. There's some water that will never run dry. There's some bread that will satisfy. Oh, there's some bread that is everlasting. There's some good, fresh-baked bread. The best-tasting bread. Come on, somebody. The best bread that this life could ever give. And it's called Jesus. The birth of Christ gives my life purpose. Jesus came becoming one of us so that we could fulfill our purpose. And our purpose is to love God. In the book of John, chapter 1, we're going to read a few verses. Verse number 1 and 2, and then we'll read verse 11 through 14. And I'm just going to read it all together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and truth Jesus full of grace and truth came from the father He became one of us so that he could pay for our sins and restore the relationship we were created to have with God. His birth, his death, and his resurrection gives us purpose in life. See, imagine living life every day with a clear sense of purpose, to know God and to please him. Everything else fades away when I make this my focus. I have hope and purpose every day when I understand that in everything, Big or small, I can grow to know God more, and I can live to please him. See, I believe this is all of our purpose in life, to worship God. How many can say amen? Amen. To belong to the body of believers, to grow in spiritual maturity, to serve others, and to preach the gospel. But all of it starts with the foundational purpose of knowing God and pleasing him. And in Christmas, Jesus provided the way for us to know God. It's not through any of the trappings of this holiday, but it's through Jesus Christ. Why don't we all stand? How does Christmas change our world? It's not through the gifts or the memories made. It's not through the time spent with family. It's not through any of the trappings of the holiday. But Christmas, as the birth of Christ, the Son of God made flesh, the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, changes my world by allowing me to experience experience genuine love. Anybody tired of experiencing a knockoff love unadulterated love not the real authentic genuine love well Christmas can change that and we can experience genuine love it also provides us with uh, lasting peace lasting peace there's many many things there's many vices in this world you can go get drunk and you could have a temporary peace, but it's only going to last for a few hours. You can go and cheat on your spouse because you're mad at them and get a temporary peace, but it's only going to last for a moment. You can go and get high and get spun out and do something, you know, crazy and ridiculous as that and get a, a temporary peace. You, 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 there's so many other avenues that we think will eventually lead us to the same peace, but I'm here to tell you that it's not lasting peace. It's not lasting. We need, we need, we need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That no matter you can go at it with your spouse, and you can still experience peace. Your kids can go wild and you can still experience peace. You you could be broke and say, Man, I don't have no money to buy anybody any gifts but you can still experience peace peace is an inside job it's a fruit of the holy spirit and i'm here to tell you that jesus came to change our world where we would be a people that's able to experience peace peace not only first and foremost with god peace not only secondly with others but also peace with ourselves Because if you're anything like me, you're your worst critic. I kick myself all the time. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I act like that? Why, why, why? And I kick myself because I'm my worst critic. But I thank God that Jesus didn't come, like I said earlier, to kick us. But he came to love us. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to make a way. And then lastly, giving purpose in all of our lives. How are our worlds changed? How does Christmas change us? By giving us purpose. We know, you have to think about this. You have to know without a doubt that that God didn't send his son Jesus to die for nothing. He died because... When he looked over the balconies of heaven, he said, you know what? There's a dying generation there. There's a, a, a dying humanity there. And if I don't send my son Jesus to die for them, there's no hope for them. There's no purpose for them. But glory be to God that when he's seen us lost and bound, when he looked through the corridor of time, he knew that you and I would need a savior And He knew that He created us with a purpose in mind. See, that's Christmas change. Christmas will change you too. If you allow Christ to be the reason for and the center of Christmas. Christmas. I've really, really been putting a lot together every Sunday for Christmas. It started out with keeping Christ or Jesus being the reason for the season and then keeping Christ in Christmas and then Christmas change but how are you doing this morning think about it how are you really doing with the hustle and bustle of the holidays with the lights and the trees and the gifts with the shopping and the hurrying here and the hurrying there with the traffic with the crowds wherever you go how are you doing Do you need to experience this Christmas change? Do you need to experience some genuine love, some lasting peace? Do you need to experience that purpose that God has for your life? I don't know about you, but I do. And we're just going to pray and we're going to open these altars. And if you want that Christmas change this morning, these altars are open. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that we're able to experience this Christmas change. Father, many of us, if not all of us, God. Father, we need to have that that genuine love, oh God. Father, we need to experience lasting peace, God. Father, we need to know your purpose for our lives, oh God. And Father, we pray for an outpouring of your spirit. Father, I pray, God, that all of us would refocus this morning. I pray, God, that we would know that you sent your son to be born to die for you and I. And, Father, I pray for an outpouring upon your people, God, have your way here this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.